What's better than this? Guys being dudes. This podcast contains themes and language of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. Hello and thank you very much for tuning in to episode 12, the final episode of season 3 of the Busted Barstools podcast. It is just myself, the Sasquatch, and the chief of controversy, it's the coach. How are you mate? How's things? All good sir, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, a lot has gone on I suppose in the past week. Um Yes, in, in the sporting world, and in particular, catch your eye. Or yeah, you know myself. I, as you know, as my picks were this weekend, the Masters obviously kicked off. Um, we obviously record on a Sunday, so looking forward to the the roundup of the Masters tonight. Um, Matsuyama top. I do have him backed in a couple of um, South Dublin um, <laughs> sweepstakes. <laughs> okay. So that that's a positive for myself. Um, obviously Champions League Premier League it's th- it's great to have the internationals over and done with if I do say so I know we're a week out of them now just over a week out of them now but it feels like the punishment is over um, yeah it's and, and I suppose well the yeah good, like UEFA I'm just slightly off the topic of the week but it was during the week was that UEFA obviously had came up with their kind of um, final dates for when you have to have submitted if your city or country can still hold your leg of it and whatever I did see an article on percentages of how likely it was that each country was going to um, host theirs and Dublin is right at the bottom like well, I don't think there's a chance I don't think there's any if if we were to host Euros in Dublin the nation will go ballistic I would say if they can't go well to the pub if they, yeah that, that that's one side of it but if they're talking about the article broke down basically how much each city currently will be able to host within the stadium so there were certain stadiums obviously I think Wembley are looking at hosting 75% of the stadium capacity or something wild like that um, but obviously Dublin would be at zero and then there was there was talk of 5 to 10% but I, I just can't see it happening it it's, makes no sense really for anyone involved no and then you factor into the fact it could have had a huge implication on well, probably not now, but at the time, there was talk it would have a huge um, impact on the Lions store, which obviously now is going ahead in South Africa. But there have been discussions that they were going to play the Lions fixture in Crow Park, which would have been an interesting yeah. venue for a Lions game. Um, mm. Apologies on that, though. But yeah, so that, that's one thing that did pop up this week that I, that kind of caught my attention. Um, obviously, being a Liverpool fan... Um, I saw Trent Alexander-Arnold put something on Instagram saying, are you not entertained with a picture of him scoring his goal? And I can say, Trent, if you're listening, um, amongst the people on the buses up from Shannon that are on their way to quarantine in Dublin, um, no, I'm not entertained. Um, it's a sad, sad state of affairs. Um, going into Wednesday night, obviously, against Madrid after a 3-1 loss in a training ground. So... Uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it gets worse for some people. Believe it or not, I have to watch my side face the the trip to Prague um, to try and get a result against Slavia Prague, which, mm. considering we couldn't beat them at home, 
and we were comprehensively beaten by your side. Doesn't bode well yes. for the the future of the club. Um, you have a big game tonight. I know, as you yeah. say, you, we did Re- record on a Sunday. Rele- big game against Sheffield. Relegation battle against Sheffield United. Um, for ourselves. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, strange week in the Premier League. No real... No real huge fixtures, I suppose. Leicester, West Ham. Tidy enough fixture. Wow. West West Ham yeah. threw it away in the end. Obviously, at the time recording, United are still playing Tottenham. That's currently one off. Drab, it's, uh, drab game of football. To be fair, um, I feel very. Just when you we were talking about West Ham, there, I, I feel a little bit sorry for the West Ham players and for Brendan Rodgers because they've they've really kind of put themselves out there this season and really gone for it. Um, I think they're just a little bit short on players, to be honest. A little bit short on depth. It makes you it makes um, you wonder about the whole importance of fans. I mean, like the, the 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 real thing for West Ham over the last number of years has been the new stadium and how far away the fans are and the impact it has. And it makes you wonder um, just how influential the fans are. Do you think that does that make does that make so obviously we, we've there's no fans and grounds, but does that say a lot for how far West Ham have come? In terms of they're beating players without fans or beating teams rather without fans in a in the ground such as that like is that giving us a good measure of Jesus do you know what these they've no atmosphere behind them they've no one dragging the ball into net for them but they're getting these massive results so what happens when fans come back in that they get spooked or does it go the opposite way and it lifts them another ten percent and this is this is my query is like is it the absence of fans that is the reason West Ham are doing so well. Hmm. Is it? But they've, yeah, yeah. Similar to to Liverpool, like is is the reason they've had such a poor season? Is it the absence of fans, and is it the fact that they rely so heavily on the emotional energy that a full crowd in Anfield brings them? Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's it's a stra- it, it will be very interesting. Like, will the Premier League take a more normal shape? If that makes sense. When fans are back, is it next? Yeah, will it, next season be or, your, your typical powerhouse? Yeah, and because we we've been without fans, I suppose, eight best part of eighteen months now, and um, so will it take a normal shape, or is this just what the teams are like now? Like, will Liverpool are Liverpool now a, a fourth, fifth, sixth side, um, because they've run out of battery power and they've run out of energy, and players might be getting stayed or whatever, or will it? Is it gen, genuinely because of fans, and will they get that? You know, that boost. It's hard to know. Like. I- Man- like are United a better team now? Are they a second? Are they a, are they a, a challenger? Do you know? Man City, Man- are Man City just always comfortable because they've they have this level of fans at their games anyway. Yeah, It'd be interesting. Um, the honest answer is I don't w- know. Yeah. Um, and we won't know until fans do return. Yeah. One thing actually from the weekend that did just while we're on the football one thing that did pop up for me uh, I did watch El Clasico last night first time in a long time since it's been off Sky Sports um, that I've actually taken the time out and gone yeah I'm going to sit down and watch this one thing that was evident to me was Lionel Messi would not be able to on a rainy night in Stoke um, it was I don't know if you've seen any of the games but it was torrential rain um, the fourth official was even doing exercises up and down the touchline I don't Keep know what was on. going on there but he it was Messi no I don't think he could do it like I love him fantastic moments of brilliance he hit the upright on the far the upright of the goal on the far side of the goal from a corner kick he nearly absolutely done um, what's his name 
oh Courtois but um, yeah it was I don't yeah it was a miserable night but it was a great game it was a great game so you'd be of the opinion that were City to, to swoop in for Messi this summer he would not be success in the Premier League I think yeah uh, unfortunately well look I, I suppose any player could go in as the 11th player at City and do well I think if he was to go into City and get a free role might be okay but if he's to go in and play any type of structured game I don't know you'd probably only see him playing in the Etihad I'm not, I'm not convinced you'd see him play away games it'd be a bit, um, be a bit like Jacinta Rodriguez at Everton would it be I mean Jay James sorry <laughs> oh sorry sorry James Rodriguez yeah look um, I think he'd be a bit part player but I do quite like listening to the likes of Graham Hunter and Guillaume Balaga and, and people like that and it seems to be now that the pencil is on the contract for next for another extension at Barca. Um, that's the way it, it's shaping up with the with the presidential change and the way things work over there. So, especially with Coleman. I, I can't see him leaving Barca now at this point unless it was to go to possibly the MLS or even home. No, no, or or possibly home. Um, who be his club? Yeah, blocker. possibly home. I the only reason I think the MLS is with Inter Miami and that kind of. Um, Southern American vibe down there with languages and stuff like that possibly might suit even in two years time I, I, it, it wouldn't shock me for Messi to be a little bit like Tom Brady um, LeBron James and Pay up until he's maybe 40 he's just that if you look at his body and his the only difference his there being the, the, the two former are still playing at a high level like type thing yeah 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 absolutely Ryan Giggs we'll go with Ryan Giggs <sighs> Rodri um Rugby, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can go on to the, the, I suppose, the Champions Cup. I suppose, um, strange state of affairs at present. We've tr- we're in the semi-finals. We've three French sides and, a, and an Irish side. Some brilliant games over the weekend. The Leinster game in particular. Poor first twenty minutes from Leinster. Um, I thought, Phew, what's going on here? But look, they they. They came back and they and they um I suppose they got the chocolates at the end is, is is the easy way to say it. Um it's not an easy place to win as Exeter. Um like reigning obviously Champions Cup. Champions uh, Yeah, the, uh, the, look, Leinster um great turnaround because that opening fifteen, twenty minutes was there was some serious Seriously, like some of the tackles that were missed were. I thought Tom O'Flaherty was Julian Sevilla for for. Yeah, some of the tackles missed. You wouldn't see them in you know JCT Newbridge stuff on a Saturday, and it was just wildly wild. Is probably the the best word to use because you just weren't expecting it. And going from two or three weeks ago, people saying, "Oh Jesus, you know." Hugo Keenan might be the wild a wild card into the Lions squad. Well, he's definitely not going to be now, considering he was playing against Stuart Hogg and, um, like, no, it's it, no, it's just not. But look, you have to give it to them. Like Leinster, our people never never do this, but I think if you look at Leinster over the last six to eight years, maybe they are the Barcelona. Do you remember that Barcelona team kind of? Uh, 20, 2010 to 2016 maybe 2008 to 2016 that they're I suppose Leinster are the equivalent in in rugby terms it's it's, it's hard to argue I think I know if you, if you go back to former episodes we, we've gone through the 
the advantages say maybe Leinster or any Irish province has over everyone else in the Pro 14 and the English sides in terms of salary caps and the only I suppose disadvantage then is to, is to, to the French sides but shift three of them in the in the semi-final yeah look Leinster have been dominant I suppose since probably they first got over the hurdle I think it was Leicester in Edinburgh 2008 um, the Rocky Elsom years <laughs> if you remember those um, they got Leinster over the hump because and what a lot of people tend to forget is there was a 10 15 15 is probably a stretch but there was a 10 year period where Leinster were notorious at choking in the big occasion oftentimes to Munster but they like Leinster would be phenomenal in the kind of group stages of champions in, in the Heineken Cup and then would get to a quarter final semi final and be favourites and lose to a Beeritz or I definitely remember Beeritz one year under Matt Williams they've taken significant strides and I think it's probably more a cultural piece that's gone on within Leinster in the last 15 years maybe um, whereas you look at don't get me wrong Munster will come again um, they've always been sound uh, culturally but they're just, they're just not bringing through the players at present um, and I think they will be back the, on the Munster thing obviously we know Leinster are quite strong from their schools um, is it a thing with Munster that Munster were notoriously strong through the AIL possibly and we haven't seen that in you know, so two years now, I suppose. Munster and schools are probably weakened as well. Munster would have a good school system too, as well. There is some good schools in there. Would, Prez, brothers. Would you not have said though that Munster, a lot of Munster's players, prob possibly come slightly later, but a lot of them would have played AIL. And I suppose when you compare it to the Leinster Academy, I think uh, this is going back to the period, I suppose, in the Irish game where it was moving still from the amateur game. Mm. and Munster really excelled at that because they were bringing through the club players whereas as the game got yeah. more and more professional maybe Leinster were better suited to make that switch because mm. they had the school system they had the academy systems in place but I still think Munster the tradition is there I think the players are there within the province we probably need to look at maybe devaluing the province, if, if like if you look at the success Wales has had in the Six Nations, and I'm not saying we, we throw Everton out the the window based on one Six Nations campaign, but you look at the issues we have at fly half, and you maybe think, could we benefit from having our players playing overseas and coming back to play for Ireland? As in, in yeah, terms of a development piece. I think I think you've said it before and I probably echoed it as well that we need a fifth province <laughs> and when I say that it, look maybe it's uh, a la London Irish you know yeah. in, a, in a different in a different country but I'd look if we could add a fifth province in Ireland and they were playing in Pro 14 or then a Pro 15 or 16 is it are they going to be bottom of the groups no I don't think they are like they're still going to be you know battling it out like you know so Although then, and then the other the other side of that is is the Pro Fourteen strong enough? Um, maybe that's maybe that's another question that should be asked. Uh, 
do you do you look start to look at maybe getting international teams in Pro Fourteen? The likes of your like let let's call a spade a spade. Um, the Italian team are players mostly play with two teams. The Argentinians mostly play with one two teams. Georgians, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know there's a lot of them in the English Premier League. A lot of them in France but, too, as well. Yeah, but I'm sure, I'm sure they'd have like you remember the the Irish Wolfhounds and things like that. Like maybe if they're on centralized, smaller centralized contract or something like that, you, you could have a an egg, like a, a similar team like that, like an Irish Wolfhounds playing the Pro 14 or something. Yeah, um, yeah, the Pro 14 it it does draw a lot of issues. It it's. I don't know. You'd say it's a weaker competition than, say, the Premiership um, in England. Mm. But then, where are all the Premiership sides now? Arguably, the the side of the Premiership of the last decade is now in the Championship. So you wonder what effect that really's had. Um, yeah, but do you do you not think the like marketing wise, say for example, would there not be a lot more want from the from the public, Irish public and English public, to go and watch? Week in, week out, see Leinster play a sale, Leicester, uh, Wasps, and you well, know, the, and your Munsters, obviously, and your Ulsters. The, well, the like, English definitely still want a promotion relegation system in place in domestic rugby. Yeah, but, yeah we, we, we could do that, though. Yeah, I, I just, how does that work I think there's for, probably more money in it. How does that work for like, an Italian side, which is definitely about the development of the game in Italy? Now, look, have the Italian Rugby Federation really taken on this development model and and try to improve rugby domestically in Italy. No. So should we continue to burden, to to carry the burden rather for Italy and the development? Probably not, but we still can't just t- toss Italy asunder and be the greatest failing in international sporting history if we can't somehow drag Italy towards being a competitive nation in rugby. Yeah, look, I just think if we were to, if European rugby were to come in with a proposal of a league that went that was a weekly or bi-weekly league is this a uh, project you know, big gonna... in rugby is it <laughs> exactly yeah I, I just think people will be clubs will be very or provinces will be very very foolish not to go with that in turn because of what we're coming out of is what I mean like we're coming out of a pandemic less money we already know the RFU it was in the papers during the week that they're letting uh, staff go and, and, and pay cuts yeah, and whatnot. It's, it's quite, so quite it's quite severe it's probably also maybe say that maybe it's a it's a blessing in disguise and they're getting rid of some some long term staff um, but, but sorry while we're on it Raj and La Rochelle by the way um, what a breath of fresh air um, yeah he's, he's doing a good job and look I would have a lot of time for how he's handled the whole situation like the minute an Irish manager let alone a former Irish player who's a legend his, is a uh, been asked about like do you want to come back and coach and he's like no he's he's very happy where he is mm-hmm. and he's very happy with the work he's done before with Racing the, the the work he's done in Christchurch and the work he's now doing with La Rochelle like I think it could be five years before you get Raj home and he'd be a very yeah. accomplished coach when you do that he's, he's not looking to rush the boat and get back to Munster and I, I have a lot of time and I think as a obviously Munster fans have a different outlook to Irish fans but look as a as a as a person who is a fan of coaching and 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 just reading into different coaches and and managers and, and things like that I think to to see a coach like that come to Ireland and work for the RFU where he'll possibly be dictated on how to play 
I don't think it works for someone like that, particularly Ron O'Gara, who's a little bit outspoken. Um, you know, he likes it's, it's kind of his way or the highway. But I just wouldn't like to see that. You you, you can't, you know, you can't put a, you can't put a line in the cage or whatever you want to oh, say. But yeah, no, no. What I would say is when I was talking about him coming back, I wasn't talking about him coming back to the Irish setup. I was talking about him going back to Munster because he is he he would get Munster. And no, I, I I get that, but the problem is I don't because of the way contracts and what we've just talked about with schools and clubs and, and stuff works. It's not like La Rochelle or any French team where you can kind of decide who you want to come in. Do you know what I mean? You've a, you're gonna have a large amount of IRFU players, um, and that's you could, that's valid, yeah. But the the at what point? At what point is it just Jimmys and Joes, and at what point does the X's and O's also come in and play a, a factor into it? Do you know what I mean? Like. It, are we really saying that once a player gets to a professional status or adult status, he's either now a World Cup winner or he's not a good player? Like, I, there is still further development and stuff that can take place at the professional mm. level. And she's, I'd, I'd love Munster. I'd love it to be three Irish provinces or four Irish provinces in this, like, in the same way the French top fourteen has three sides in the semi-final right now should it not be more if if you were getting O'Gara back now let him get another three, four, five years experience wherever that might be mm-hmm. um, and then look for him to take a kind of a wholesale umbrella role at the RFU in terms of not the head coach role but higher than that Similar the technical arts. director the, the Conor O'Shea at Italy that type of role to you know. what, um, is it Ryan Jones did at where is doing at Wales? Remember Ryan Jones? Yeah, but like I think I think that's the type of role. I don't think mm-hmm. you know getting him into shape a squad or, or a way like he it's 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 something that's needed from schoolboys up. Like it's school, you know, the international schoolboys team up. But it's I don't know. I, I I just wouldn't like to see him pigeonholed. Um, I really like what he's doing at La Rochelle. Like he's so. I read I read his piece in the Irish Examiner yesterday and. Just the way he talks about about everything, saying he's not accepting the what the the locals of La Rochelle are kind of you know high fiving each other and they're happy to where they've got to. Probably didn't think it would ever happen then, and you know Rogers kind of well look, <laughs> this I'm not happy with that. I, I want to win. I don't want to be taking a step and getting a little bit better. I want to go out and win it. What's the point otherwise? Mm-hmm. And I, that, I thought that was really refreshing. And you seen him on BT probably last week and just completely open and honest. Mm. You, you don't see the it only thing often. is I. I like your concept of him being kind of higher up in the air view and stuff, but yeah, maybe in 10, 15 years. I'd rather him... I think in an ideal way, you don't want a uniform style of play across the island. You want, yeah. at, at a minimum, four distinct styles of play across, in like deeply embedded in the, in the provinces themselves. Like, months, like, if you look back to... Say what would have led into say definitely that golden age of Irish rugby. You had the ten man rugby in 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 Munster. You would have had the glitz ball and uh, the champagne rugby in in Leinster. You know I mean, you very distinct styles mm. of rugby per province, and that's what I'd like more um, as opposed to having a, a one size fits all approach for for Ireland. But look, I think we've probably spent a bit too much time on the Champions Cup and failed to also. I suppose bring into to discuss I suppose Ulster obviously the big win last night victorious over Northampton 
they now move on to face Leicester Tigers in the semi-final of the Challenge Cup that is yeah that's fabulous that they're bringing a little bit of um, first to me you know putting a smile on a lot of people in Belfast's face after the troubles they've had during the week also the 1st of May is the date for the fixtures we will not get political <laughs> um, yeah and then I suppose look at Premier League I suppose just a quick run through that because we are coming close to the end of the first half so talking points from the weekend it's been United currently 2-1 up hopefully they hang on there not because I'm a United fan but because I'm an Arsenal fan Um yeah, thoughts, yeah. predictions. What's who's going up? Who's staying down? Who's going down? Um, well, look, uh, Man City are going to win. Yes. Um, I'd put my house on it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think from the week in terms of talking points, probably. Jesus, there's not a lot this weekend. Leicester, I suppose, not really. Oh, they gave it a good bash in the second half. Um, West Ham. Again, we spoke about it at the top of the show. Really, really pushing for that top four. Um, it'll be a funny one because if United win the Europa League... Apologies. If United don't win the Europa League and finish top four, it'll only be top three qualifying, will it? There's a permutation here where only the top three qualify for the Champions League. And that is if Chelsea win the Champions League. Yes, because that's what happened the year Liverpool won in Istanbul. Everton yes. actually finished fourth that year, and there was war. Yeah, so can you imagine being West Ham finishing fourth and not getting Champions League? It would be heart wrenching. Yes, was the that that the, the rule not change after Istanbul? Was it not that the team uh, that finishes fourth goes into Champions League qualifying, but they go all the way back, and it's heavily against their book. Given the sides in Champions League qualifying, they should still qualify. Yeah, but what if... And it's This is a double chance, right? If United win the Europa League and Liverpool or Chelsea win the Champions League. Well, the, well, the, eh. the worst thing that could happen is not United wins the Champions League. It's not that United wins the Europa League. It's that Arsenal wins the Europa League. Because United will probably finish top four yes. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that, so, well, there you've got another... So that's, that's actually the worst. A Chelsea Champions League... And Arsenal Europa League, and the tables to not really change, but they are. I who who'd want to uh, work in UEFA, huh? No, well I don't know. It depends if you're if you're f- friends with a few Arabs and they've got a lot of envelopes, um, which is I wouldn't mind working there myself. Um, yeah, look, I think the biggest thing this is the, the end of the season is going to be the race for the race for Europe and and the battle for relegation. <laughs> Can Big Sam pull it out? Two games in hand on, on Fulham. For, for me, anyway, yeah. For first and and twentieth are sealed on. Done. Yeah. Um. I really want Fulham to stay up. So I think I said it last yeah. week. If I could pick my sides, it would be Brighton, Newcastle, Sheffield United. Yeah, the thing about Newcastle is got the win today as well. Yeah. So that bodes well from them. It gives them a good run in with seven left. Um, I do like what Fulham have done. It's they've kind of moneyballed it, which is pretty cool. It's nice to to see that. Um, I think everyone's a little bit sick of Big Sam, and is is is. Oh my God, up. he's effective. <laughs> Ability. By God, but he is effective. 
as an Irish fan, I suppose West Brom staying up would be good because obviously we've got Callum Robinson, Darrow Shea, who's been excellent um, for West Brom and for for Ireland at, at such a young age. So yeah, it's it's it'll, it'll be interesting. You have to say that I'm trying to think will it go down to deadline day. I I can't see it going down to the last game of the season if if um, West Brom don't get a kick on in the in the two games in hand. It's it's a lot's going to be from that them two games to be honest. Mm. And and Newcastle will have one game in hand on on some of the teams as well. So, yeah. To be fair, like in rea- in all reality, the bottom three as is now probably has a game or two to save. It. Given the, yeah. the gap that's already opening up, like there's was it six points between Newcastle and Fulham, even like, mm. and no, yeah, and Fulham have also played two games more. One game, one more game more than Newcastle, Newcastle, sorry, but two games yeah, more than West Brom, yeah. Um, yeah, but look, if West Brom get six points, it puts them in a, it puts them in the position that we always like to see Sam in. With, with six to go, you have to remember, like, he, you know, they actually have eight games, so. Yeah, um, yeah it look. And I, I actually think, to be fair, Burnley are very lucky because they seem to have hit a rough patch mm. at the wrong time of the season, but they seem to be just... Burnley have a lot of soul searching to do in the summer, I think, because you've players there that are kind of getting probably a little bit, bit weathered. Um, what kind of club do they want to be? Type thing, and like, like to be fair to Burnley, what they've done, right? It's brilliant, but a lot of clubs have done this over the course of the Premier League, and it's like, well, what do you do? You want do you want to just be in the Premier League and always be scrapping because mm-hmm. it's 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 not sustainable. So you might get like five years is really good in the Premier League. If you're that side of it, sort of a side, but you're almost doomed. Do you think that does it ever go through these chairmen's heads? Going, will we like if you're a Burnley type side, will we get relegated? Will we, you know, we get a bit of a cash influx, and you know, if we play, if we play all the television fixtures next season, we're going to get another cash influx, and you know, we'll bring we 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 have a title race then, and like, does that? Do you think that similar to what we spoke about in kind of um. NFL and basketball and stuff like that. Like, is there any? Do you think it ever comes to a chance head if you're? A, yeah, like no, you're a and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because for every Wolves, West Brom, that kind of tends to now Wolves is probably a lot more stable now. But historically speaking, mm. up and down, up and down, up and down. There's a Leeds, Fulham. Yeah, there is a Leeds, and fair enough, Leeds are back now, but they were a long time gone, and their sizes just don't come back. You know that, but we've seen it. Yeah, we've seen it, haven't we? Whereas, like, you look at sides that traditionally would have, like, like Leicester, even Leicester were a side for a long time that were up and down, up and down, up and down, and yeah, they've now kind of secured their place. Now, look, that things could change because they they are on a kind of a shoestring budget, but I do think. This kind of Burnley style of play of just holding on, it, it's, I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah. And there's always the the fear that if that's how you play football, you could go down and one day you won't, and you won't come back up. If you're a Burnley fan, right, you're going into the dog and duck for your, your pint of tenants and your packet of knickknacks. Um, it's Saturday afternoon, it's, you know, it's quarter past two. Why are you heading into Turf Moor? Because you're, like, you're from what, Burnley. What? You, it's just a Saturday afternoon out. Like, it's not like... 
No, but, no, but like, why do you support Burnley? Because you're from Burnley. But what do you want? Like, as in, what are you, what do you want from your side? I mean, you want to win. You want to, like... But does it bother you if they don't? <sighs> Probably does when it gets to the relegation side of things. But I think anywhere between 15th and 10th, they're happy, like. I think they're happy enough putting their money into the slot machine in the back of the bar, but, like, it's... I've been to I've been to places, you know. Well, you've got to bear in mind, Burnley. The, the the entire population of that town would fit into Old Trafford. It's, it's not a huge town. It's not a huge area. Mm. And like what they have achieved is is phenomenal. Like you've got to bear in mind, Burnley's big rivals, geographically speaking, is Blackburn. And look at where they are right now. And Blackburn yeah. is a is a is a bigger area. So it's, it's a former Premier League champion. Yeah, yeah. Like Burnley would love Blackburn to be in the Premier League, wouldn't they? Oh, they'd love. Like yeah. that would be their two two game a season kind of. That would be it. Yeah, that's their entry. That's it's their like, like like West Ham is as much as they're they're enjoying being in the Champions League spot and the potential of maybe Moisey to bring them to the Champions League. They equally love to be stuck in tent with Millwall, um, down the relegation area and the opportunity to play them on the last day of the season and send them down. Like stuff like that is what. Mm. It's what really drives them clubs. The dreams are made of. Yeah. Well, look, why don't we take a quick break there, and for the final time this season, we'll return after a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, everyone. It's the Sasquatch here from the Busted Barstools podcast. This episode is produced in partnership with our friends, The Square Ball, located just off Marion Square doing it rough at this moment in time with the pandemic so make sure to give them a follow on instagram give them a like give them a share and hopefully someday soon we'll all be able to get back in for barbecue pints and sport hello and welcome back to the second half of episode 12 season 3 of the busted barstools podcast as you know maybe aware it is kind of the last episode of the season so it's a bit uh Last day of school vibes here between myself and the coach. So, we've two fan questions to get through. We'll get through them earlier and than usual. And what we will do is we will have a quick look ahead, as opposed to all the sport coming your way in the busted bar steel off season. So, to kick things down the road, let's go for the first fan question. Woo! Hi, lads. Fantastic season. Very much enjoyed it couple of quick questions for you obviously a crazy year in terms of sport but what was the your one highlight each over the last 12 months and what's the one thing you're looking forward to the most over the next 12 months cheers coach thoughts <sighs> sporting highlight of the, of the last was it six months six years it feels like um yeah um like look, I suppose there's gonna be a couple. Um, it, I would love as much as I would love to say very few nationally in terms of. Well, yeah, but as much as I would love to say it was the return of say, the Premier League after Liverpool win it and stuff. It it really hasn't been. It really hasn't been. Um, so sorry to put a downer on 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 bad Brendo's question there. I suppose. Katie Taylor had a good twelve, a good a good time in Eddie Hearn's back garden and that. Yeah. 
Um, that's one. It was... N- I'm going to say it was nice to see the return of Conor McGregor. But I don't mean that from a McGregor point of view. It was just nice to get that hype again around a different sport that's not football. To build a little bit of um, atmosphere and, and you know, what comes with that. The lead up, the week, the two weeks that lead up to that. Um, and I suppose the big well two two things that I two sports I suppose sports that strike me as kind of coming out of a shell if you want to call it that are getting a lot of more attention and they are athletics in general um, I think we've probably taken a lot of athletes into our homes through the means of obviously television but um, I think it's been great to get that bit of hype around athletics again particularly coming into an Olympic um, summer so to have um, all the all these indoor championships that we got to see on RTE and on the RTE player and stuff like that, that's been re- I've really really enjoyed that. Um, and to and to get a little bit of hype going for the Olympics, so I've really enjoyed that. And the other obviously is um, women and, and females performing so highly in that, but also we're we're getting to see a lot of women's sports on television. Like the I suppose the international women's team play um, football tonight against Belgium. We had them against Denmark, and I think it was Thursday or Friday night. Um, the women's national leagues obviously got a, its its own streaming platform now. So yeah, the, the, for me, the, they're the kind of what did I say four there, and and three of them I suppose influenced largely by women, which is which is massive. Is the uh, hopefully the fruition of the the twenty twenty program um, and the long lasting effects that hopefully that that does have for women's sport in this country. I suppose personally, did he say six months? Did he say the last year? I think he said for the year coming in the last six months. So we'll go with that. The last I suppose, six months because sure. Liverpool didn't win the league in the last six months. Didn't they? Sugar. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it's actually been a rough six months. Um, I thought it was the last year because I was going to say the NBA bubble because I, I really enjoyed seeing the uh, the ingenuity that went into that um, and kind of the human spirit of... Well, of look, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with the NBA bubble. It was, and the, re- it the was, reason for it is... I don't know if you follow it. It's is, is probably... Hmm. <sighs> It was just more so than a sporting victory. It was a, it was kind of a. It came around at a time where we were still. It was May of last year. When you, if you can think back to this time last year, where we were, we were there's no hiding under the the dovet, um, afraid to go out. This deadly virus was the end of humanity, and the first professional sporting league to be shut down was the NBA. Rudy Gobert testing positive mm-hmm. for COVID after mocking it openly. Four days beforehand, quite ironic that touching the mics, yeah. Wasn't he? Um, and then just the human ingenuity and the extra protocols and the the success of the NBA bubble in Disneyland, Florida. I don't think there any positive cases, and the the style of basketball played was very good. Obviously, the Lakers winning the the title there. That was probably my highlight. That irregardless the not just the human spirit but sport will overcome um, personally for me in the last year as a highlight would love to have said an Arsenal um, I could say say the Arsenal Community Shield and FA Cup double um, but I'm not that small um, the NRL as well good to see they they actually have full crowds back now yeah, um, very good. which is great to see the argument now which is more important fans or grassroots sport 
it's grassroots sport that I, I'd rather see back first and foremost because without that there is no there is no sport. Um, and in terms of what I'm looking forward to in the next six months to a year, yeah, it's the Olympics. It's always the Olympics. There's some magic about Olympics. You'll 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 sit down and start watching it, and then all of a sudden you are an absolute fan, a diehard fan of one particular event, and you you, can, you can't predict yeah. the going in. Things to look out for. Obviously, you've touched on the the athletic side of things. Good news on Friday, we have um, our Olympic divers qualified. But I suppose from an Irish point of view, there's more rowing medals this morning. I didn't fully get to read the article. It was one of the the brothers anyway. Um, Gary O'Donovan, yeah, twenty six years of age. Irish women's hockey. Hmm. I think that we have a real medal shout there um, as well as the Romans so I actually think this could prove to be one of the most successful Irish Olympics yeah and fingers crossed no drug busts or allegations similar to our previous gold medals Previous to last week, that was a big story as well, uh, Leon Reed. Yeah, but look, we missed that, and in, in our we won't we won't we won't dwell on that. Yeah, the negative. I suppose another one that we that does get overlooked that we we obviously haven't qualified for Euro twenty twenty in the year of twenty twenty one, but um, that's one to look forward to. I think, and we'll probably touch on it a little bit later. I think it's probably going to shape a lot of what happens in the transfer market. Yeah, well, that's always uh, any good club does their business prior to a major tournament. Yeah, so to say I'm looking forward to the Euro 2020, probably not. I'm more looking forward to what teams do business at the back end of that. It'll be very interesting. I suppose prior. Who can get the bargain before? Well, that's true, but I really, I'm really, really interested to see how the pandemic plays out after a season that has been completely played through and in, you know, financially, see how it plays and what, what financial effect it's had on the clubs. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. The thing you've also got to query as well is players have, managers have been quite vocal this year of the levels of fatigue. You throw on a major European tournament on the back of that and then you throw on, I think there's quite an early start schedule for next season's Premier League. Mm. If Where is it going to end? Because um, the players are tired now, how tired are they going to be towards the tail end of the 2021-2022 season? Um, mm. That's where I have serious concerns. Um, I'll tell you one thing actually that the whole country because we're getting back into the summer months and people will be allowed in the back gardens and that sort of stuff that McGregor fight against Poirier um, that's going to be it's a bit, obviously I'm probably going to cheer for Dustin Poirier um, but it's going to be you'll see Dublin will be lit up that night yeah maybe Dublin, Dublin will be lit up that night. Maybe, maybe Dublin. Um, I think I'd say there's an awful lot of people have just lost faith in McGregor. Like, yeah, they'll want him to. Oh no, they'll be up to probably see him get slaughtered. Well, they like, might, you know. Please like, go. as in, they'll want well, the people still want him to win and whatever. But I think the days of lads. Staying up to watch the fights may or may be gone outside of those few hardcore fans. Like you got to bear in mind, a lot of those yeah. fa- a lot of those fights witnessed, speaking on personal experience, were falling into a house with a dirty kebab, and yeah. 
and trying like, some trying to stay awake because not just because of the fight but because the fear of a house party breaking out yeah, um, yeah like uh, uh, we'd be the same like you know as as you said speaking from experience there's there's lads there with mortgages and babies on the way and everything like to, to when we probably would have chanced their arm not getting the vaccine and flying over to it mm. was it you know 10 years ago Um we're not going to have that this year because you're accountants and you've got HR executives and you've got you know guards and everything now that it you know we just don't have the time to be at anymore so I think look, it, it's shaped up to be a, a Vegas fight again so it'll be a 6am or you're probably setting the alarm for 4am get the Bobby's bottle on um, maybe take a, a walk down the coffee shop for yourself and on the couch for 6 o'clock maybe catch the highlights on, on YouTube at a sensible time Sunday morning maybe because someone always has them if, up someone always if you want to watch a mirrored image yeah or, or, or <laughs> the best of the ones are the little guy in the bottom corner pretending to do sign language <laughs> you seen them once <laughs> they're brilliant or the guy playing the Xbox controller they're another one um, we do have another fan question um, so uh, thanks Bad Brendo cheers Bad Brendo this is from King Dave hi Dave here big fan of the podcast my question this week is about Jesse Lingard after watching him score another two goals against Leicester today I just want to know your guys opinion about his future do you think he should go back to United do you think United should keep him do you think he should stay at West Ham or do you think he should sign for another club? Thanks. So, coach, you did he say? Your, did he say opinion? Yeah, your opinion on Messi Lingard. Opinion. Opinion on um, Messi Lingard. And <laughs> um, look, it's been an incredible look. We we did talk about it earlier on the show. West Ham and Moise have done serious things. I don't think there's a future for Jesse Lingard at Manchester United. Um, if Jesse Lingard goes to the, uh, gets into the Euro squad, has a good Euros, I could see him making a move out of England. Where? <laughs> you, you weren't expecting a follow-up question. <laughs> I think he wouldn't go and miss in Italy or Spain. I don't think he's equipped for Germany. I don't think he's equipped to be a top four player in the Premier League. And that we all that doesn't mean though he has to leave. I I I understand your logic. I actually kind of agree with a number of points, but I don't see him leaving England because because Jay Ling's Jay Ling's. I what I mean by that is marketing Jay Ling's. Yeah, the brand would be too poorly affected. But my my point is, he can operate at a West Ham. He can operate mm-hmm. at, but not because he's. He probably can't operate at Wolves because he's not Portuguese, but those kind of Europa League to mid-table sides, just he could go, do a job for Tottenham. I tell you, I tell you where um, if Jayling stays, if he stays in England. Well, look, you're not many miles away from I'm about to say if he stays in in England, I could see him at um, a London club. He's gonna have to stay at a London club. It doesn't. Manchester probably doesn't suit everything that goes with uh, Jesse Lingard. People also forget that people still think of Jesse Lingard as if he's 21, 22, 23. Jesse he's, he, at age 28. Yeah, like he's he's 28 years of age and and he's he'll be pushing 29. Um so like he's not going to be top, I don't think he'll be top of anyone's shopping list, put it that way. No matter how he performs for West Ham. 
I think he missed the jump in getting out of United. I think he should have gone at mm, 24. Two seasons earlier, possibly. Yeah, probably yeah. three. Just to like get that regular first-team football. Because I personally think you're better off being at a small club and playing the whole time than coming in off the bench like he always did at United. And sometimes the club doesn't suit the player. You look at, geez, if Matt Doherty had his time again, you take that long, that move to Tottenham. If he had it all over again, no, he probably wouldn't. No. And, and it's still early in, I know, obviously things can change around, but on the evidence at hand, probably the worst move of his career. Yeah, like... <sighs> Maybe not physically, but in reality, yeah, it is. It's weird. So Lingard's season in terms of stats, 2017-2018, he played 33 games and got eight goals for United. Before that, it was it was it was a ladder up, and after that, it was a slide down. Um, so that was obviously his peak. Now, is he coming into a little bit of that? What's he got? Nine games in the league, eight goals. That's phenomenal. Mm. Um, would West Ham have the money to share? like? And this it comes back to a little bit what we said earlier on. Like, what type of market is it going to be come this summer? If if I I would have absolutely no doubt that United are going to want to hold on to Jay Ling's, oh, I hate calling them that. Apologies. Um, I have no doubt United will want to hold on to Lingard until after the Euros to see how he performs. Or do United want the money up front? Like if if West Brom come along and go, you know, we'll give you fifteen mil. And um, here's, before the, here's, the Euros. here's the thing: what happens if he doesn't go? As in, from his party. No, if he doesn't go to Same, if he doesn't go no. to the Euros, when do United look to sell him? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. No, as in, when so. do they look to sell him? I think Whenever. if if he's not in the squad for the Euros straight away, um, straight away. But I think that's a bargaining chip West Ham have. They can probably say you know, before the Euros, before the squad's announced, we'll do a pre-agreement. Um, then there's probably another agreement there, give or take three, four, five mil. Um, and if he gets announced in the squad, well then. Then it's United's kind of thing because he look he could go to the Euros and not play a game. It's very yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then where does he stand after that? So, look, it's one of those things that really interests me in terms of where do you balance that? Like, where do you where it? He could go to the Euros and have an absolute stunner and score three, four goals, play eighty percent of the games. They probably, when you think about it, England probably have this is probably their best chance to win one. Um, because of the squad and because of games being <laughs> severe amount of game, obviously the semi-finals and finals in Wembley. Yeah. Um, so I this think, is I think, best I think that goes against England, though. I think the well, possibly the yeah. over that. I think that kind of actually goes. England probably would do better in the Qatari World Cup because they're so far away from the media, the media and free yeah. speech as well. So there's only be the Qatari newspapers that they'd be reading. What do you? What's your outlook on Lings? Personal opinion is what I kind of discussed is that he is a anywhere from six seven all the way down to fifteen place club, mm. and he he like he do a job with a relegation threatened club as well. I just I think those clubs where there isn't the pre- I don't I don't think he's a pressure player. Basically, put it that put it that way. Mm. Now West Ham are obviously under probably under a bit of pressure now because they might get for the they're, not, they're actually not under pressure. Sorry, because if they qualify for the Champions League. No one expected them. If they fall the final yeah, hurdle, yeah. Ge- final hurdle, Jesus was a great year, lads. He didn't get Champions League, but maybe next year we we'll get mm. it. I just don't think he's a pressure player. So anywhere where there's low expectations and the ability to exceed those expectations, he's going to excel. 
yeah, West Ham's probably a great fit for him because mm. it's still in London. Mm. Because he's not going to have that undue pressure. Well, where Where is Jesse Lingard from? Is he Manchester, like, born and bred? Because I do think there's um, a lot of uh, family issues and stuff. and Not issues, but ill family me- members and he, stuff. So I do think he... Well, so, so um, he's from Warrington. Oh, so it's, it's rugby league country, isn't yeah, it? Just it's rugby league country, but obviously he made his way to Manchester. Yeah, and now oh, he's become very, very an absolute. It's very close. He's become. He's become probably an issue for Man United. I would say. You remember the video when United were going through a lot of trouble? I can't remember who else was in the video when they were talking about Pogba. beans on holiday. Wasn't Pogba. yeah? So I think he's become a, a sideshow for United, and it's probably something they don't need. Um, whereas Moyes probably got him. Moy seems to be a good one-to-one manager. I don't know how he is as a coach. He's probably got a good team around to, him. To be fair, uh, it's probably a reflection on the characters in the West Ham squad as opposed to yeah anyone else. Like if you look through that side, like there's some good. Characters. Are you talking about more kind of English that type of? Not even that. Just good professions. Like you look at Thomas Suchek. Like I know he's 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 relatively new to the West West Ham. Yeah, but he's he's a brilliant professional in terms of noble. Yeah, yeah, and then Darren Randolph, people like that that are. I don't, I don't mean that from take the piss point of view, but people that are kind experience of experienced pros on the straight and narrow, yeah, experienced yeah. pros know know all the pitfalls, all the like. Generally speaking, if you if you get to the end of your career and you're still in the Premier League, you generally know how to avoid the pitfalls. Mm. Generally speaking, um, yeah, I'm just like not getting involved in off the Atlantics and stuff like that. But look, yeah, no, I, I personally think yeah, West Ham is probably actually a perfect fit from, but anywhere between. 6th and 15th is a great fit for Jesse Linger a club that's aiming to be there did anyone a year ago or 18 months ago think they'd ever see Jesse Linger playing for West Ham in the Champions League like that'll <laughs> be something else if that does come true imagine playing over in the Bernabeu for West Ham but to be fair a year ago you were it was suddenly just dawning on you that the, the, those two weeks of flattening the curve were a load of horseshit and <laughs> this thing is going to last a bit longer um, yeah. yeah look anyway look mm-hmm. let's let's put a pin in it there and with it being the final episode of the season let's have a quick look ahead to to our hopes or our, not our hopes hopes is a poor word our visions of the sport visions of the sporting future um, let's kick it visions let's kick it kick it down um, stateside because we haven't been stateside a while I think we kind of lost a lot of heat uh, not a lot of heat but a lot of steam when the uh, the Super Bowl was over um, yeah so and and when and when the Brooklyn Nets became the champions of the NBA we probably lost it there I don't know I don't know I'm still <laughs> I still still ho- have hope um, that it won't be the Brooklyn Nets I couldn't pick a Western Conference champion I think the Lakers will continue to fall, but the Nets also lost to a third string Lakers side last night. Just saying. Very third string, but yeah, Jared Dudley MVP. Um, but I still and that was with, that was also with Kyrie getting thrown out of the game. Yeah, I think the the Nets will probably win the East. I think when we look back historically. The Milwaukee Bucks and Janice lost their chance to ever win an NBA title when they didn't win the NBA the season that the Raptors did. Um, 
because they faced faced a weakened Warriors. The Lakers obviously didn't make the playoffs because LeBron had been injured for the majority of the season. Not the majority of the close of the season. It was his first year in LA. And I think the West is just the West is hard to predict this season. I think the Clippers yeah. have improved. They're not the side we've seen fail in the bubble last year. The Lakers, I think, once LeBron and AD get back, they'd still be my favourites for it. I just think when it comes... The thing about the Nets is when the pressure comes on to those players, your Hardens, your Kyries, your Blake Griffins, your DeAndre Jordans, I'm not going to say Kevin Durant because... Well, you can say Kevin Durant. The only time the pressure didn't get to him was arguably when he played with the greatest regular season team of all time in the Golden State Warriors. The greatest perimeter shooting side of all time. Um, with yeah. Steph, Clay, Draymond Green, all in their primes. Um, now, Steph still has a long, long way left to go or whatever, but... Like... I, I still think the Lakers have that um that championship complex if they get there. The the West is just and I find this every year. It's so random. Every year. Like you like the Suns, the Nuggets, like teams that you know, you you could walk down any street in Dublin and I know there's not that many NBA fans probably in Dublin, but like teams that you know, you ask any kind of person that just knows the names of champions or of teams that stick out because people are walking around you know the 40 foot in, in NBA jerseys or whatever like it's they're just it's just so random until obviously we all know it does, nothing makes any sense till we get to playoffs but like yeah the, the play in as well could be could be quite pivotal this year so obviously it's the top 6 in each conference and then 7, 8, 9 and 10th playoff for those last two spots in the playoffs so mm-hmm you could get an absolute absolute fairy tale. At present, you have the Golden State Warriors in tenth. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the Celtics are having a. Amazing. And I've I've said this. I think I said this a good few weeks ago, and and uh, you said something along the lines of, as we as we know, like it's it's the second part of the season when the playoffs come and that sort of stuff. But I know. Um, the coach being Brad Stevens being linked with well, I can't remember Indiana 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 University coaching job really seemed to get, got them into a sticky spell there because there was rumours he was talking and then he kind of came out saying like why would I do that I'm at the Boston Celtics but I don't think I think he probably was talking to them and now they really need Tatum to start playing as he's the highest paid player because he is and he probably isn't at the moment playing that way. Um, I know he got 53 points. Um, he's playing exceptionally well. Mind, he's still very young. Um, I tend to give him mm-hmm. like I think if you go back and listen to the episode we did around Christmas time, the NBA, the decision. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. wait, Mr. Mark, Mr. Mark by quite a distance. The only thing I would like to touch on is my one wish was for a competent Nick side, and I think we've got it. They're currently eighth in the East, and they've kind of been there or thereabouts all year so it's good to see the Knicks back as a as a competent side I think it, if anyone's looking for an extra podcast to pick up now that we're obviously not there on your device on a weekly basis the Athletic have a brilliant podcast that's just started in 
titled Shattered, I think, and it's the story of the Knicks under Dolan. It's a very interesting story as to how poorly professional organizations can be run and the Knicks I think is still currently the fourth most expensive sporting franchise in the world which is exceptional when you think of all the sides that would fall underneath but um, before we move on from the NBA mm-hmm. I just want to touch back on what I said in the decision about the Hornets and they are absolutely a dark horse I'm just saying it again now well, and that's with Mello out yeah so I've kind of done better since Mello left haven't I? I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm winding you up. I'm still not sold. I'm still not sold. Um, it look. It, it look. Look. I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm not saying he's not gonna be what you think he's gonna be. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not sold. I'm not comfortable selling my soul to the devil after mm-hmm. one season or a half season, um, a shortened season in which he's injured. Um, but look, yeah. Who's your winner? Who's your Eastern Conference winner, your Western Conference winner, and your overall winner. Go. Um, do I work backwards? No, I can't. I think. I think the Nets are going to take the the Eastern. The Nets, yeah. It's hard to. Yeah, I think the Jazz probably take the Western. They probably stay there, and then overall. Oh, you mean is in regular season? Yeah, is that not what you were saying? No, I meant is in like the. Who's your finals matchup, basically? Oh, um, I don't know if the Nets have it in the long. Right, we'll go Nets and Clippers. I'm going Lakers 76ers, and I'm going Lakers overall. Overall, Lakers NBA champions. Go. Lake, yeah, Lakers yeah. I'm go Western Conference winners and 76ers Eastern Conference I'm going to go Nets Nets for the overall and you reckon I'm going to beat the Clippers if the Nets face off against the Clippers I'm giving Bain a call and asking is he free um, <laughs> to walk in because there'll be no fans so blow up that stadium please um, where do you not think there'll be fans now there may be um, the NBA is a trickier one though might be a thousand fans. I mean, if you lose a thousand people, look. Because you're saying because it's indoor. Be indoor, indoor, and there's a lot of travel. So potentially, LA is fine, but Brooklyn may not be fine. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So, yeah, look, let's let's move on from from the NBA. Anything else coming up? Yeah. Uh, well look if we're going to stay on the state side um, for those of you that enjoy an evening spent on the sofa watching something you don't really want to watch um, the baseball has just started back and it's a relaxing watch if you want to call it that there's probably there's probably only action for uh, 10 to 15 percent of what you're watching um, the rest is probably adverts but it's uh, it is quite a relaxing watch for whatever reason I find it therapeutic. So I'm gonna go with the Dodgers there. Um, NFL draft. We have the draft approaching. Yeah. But what I want to ask you, Sas, is where do you see NFL going next season? Uh, by the way, I don't know if you've seen the headlines. They're now spreading spreading the payout over 36 weeks as opposed to 17, um, which is a, a change. I think it's probably. <laughs> I'll tell you why I think I think it's a welcome change to younger players It's in terms of managing their finances 
to be honest with you, it, it's a number of reasons. It's 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 an attempt to control to stop these crazy contracts. So as in mm. like you'll sign a player and it's <clears throat> thirty six million over five years, but you'll find yeah. that thirty million of that is over the last two years and the the side will use that to try and win a championship in those three seasons and either restructure the contract or get rid of him. It's a it's a move in favour of the player welfare as opposed to it'll make it should make the NFL a bit more even. Um and stop sides building championship rosters for a season or two and then blowing things up. It's the, it, that kind of a way. Um at would the you expense say of a player. Yeah, it, 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 I suppose the NFL are building a way of longevity in organisations as well. It, it would be, I suppose, yeah, prob- another way of looking probably, at it. Probably, yeah, too. And the NFL has agreed there's going to be more international games at the end of COVID, basically. So they're looking at, I think it's a minimum of four international games every season. Which Yeah, and, and did I read that for- would also be every team? At, I think every it's team, not next every season. Team will have to play. Every team will play one international game in a season. Every team will have to play at least one international game every eight years. Right, is, is okay. I think what it works out at. So there's no so like the New England Patriots have never played an international game. Um, I think the Green Bay Packers as well have not. And the reason for the Green Bay Packers is because they don't have an owner; they're owned by the fans. Um, so I think they couldn't because it means sacrificing a home game to play international. So a lot of sides don't like to do that. But with the addition of the 17th regular season game, that's why they brought it in, to get more international games, get more international exposure. Now, there's no guarantee that all four games are going to be in the UK. Mm. You've seen them have games in Mexico City. has been a bit of a... They've had a bit of a disaster with that, with the Rams. And the Chiefs game, I think, was called off and then played on a Monday night and stuff like that. But look... um, That's interesting. Trevor Lawrence is probably... The one to watch. The most sure thing of a draft pick, which means he's gonna be a bust. No, I'm only joking. Um, there's never been a more anticipated draft pick, I'd say, in the history of American sports history. That's including LeBron James. That's including. Jeez, yeah. I can't even think. He's a mad looking lad as well, isn't he? He's bizarre looking. In what way? Yeah. Hello, welcome. He looks to, like... uh, hello, welcome to the Junkie Sports Podcast, because that's what that sounds like. He's blade yeah, he's, mad to me as well. He is blade mad. No, he is. He's mad looking. If 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 listeners want to Google uh, Trevor Lawrence, give him a Google. He he's, looks he's kind of looks like if Pocahontas was to have a boyfriend from well, a white boy town. It'd be him. I was gonna say it, he looks like the unofficial fourth handsome brother. And um, any remembers <laughs> handsome with Mbop. Um, that's what he looks like. But look, he can throw the ball. He can play football. It's whether he's obviously going to be picked up by Jacksonville with the number one pick. It's they've shown issues with uh, poor ownership it's if they can keep it together and not ruin his career is the key thing it's it's it seems very much to be now on the organization side of things and um, Miami seems to be doing a great job still is it, is it going to be two I don't know they've traded the, the work they're doing in the background regards trades and trading for draft picks and stuff has been exceptional and what they've they've effectively taken a, a draft pick to the Houston Texans and they've turned it into five or six draft picks 
over the last two or three years and it's just it's been exceptional what they've done if you go back and look at the whole piece of work they'll likely get your man Pitts who's a tight end from Florida and he is exceptional he's going to be the next great tight end in the NFL he has the widest wingspan I've ever seen and he runs like a wide receiver he's built like Travis Kelsey and just a, an athletic freak does all the simple things or the not the simple things the bread and butter aspects of playing tight end he's gonna be exceptional so they could have an out and out number one receiver as such but he's playing tight end the one I'm really really looking forward to seeing is uh, Justin Fields um, and purely because people like me who may not watch every game or every minute of every NFL game would have probably seen QB1 on Netflix and it basically goes into the lives of three uh, NFL hopefuls going from high school to college and who to declare for and all that sort of stuff but it's a good watch um, and just gave me a bit of book or background on him seems to be a nice guy and stuff so just interesting to see where he's going he, he declared for Georgia in that show and ended up playing at Ohio State so um, really interesting to see where, where he goes he seems to be in a bit of an athlete himself mm. um, he's so yeah. very much been touted I suppose as a project as opposed to a day one starter but he's the he's the kind of man who's, who's been unfortunate enough to always have to play up against uh, Trevor Lawrence in college over the last two or three years so be interesting to see what he does against the rest of the league who do you think will win NFL who will win the Super Bowl in 20 uh, way too early yeah or who will be who will be there thereabouts you have two or three picks that oh, way be. too early I think Indianapolis Colts and not just because okay. they got Carson Wentz, but because they just got a like a, a functioning quarterback. I know you might, might have anyone anyone that watched Philadelphia games might say, mm. but uh, no, he is, and they've got a brilliant roster. Will Will Tampa, Tampa repeat anywhere near? <sighs> they did very well in that they resigned everyone. Mm. But and if you look the NFC South Drew Brees has retired so New Orleans aren't going to be the powerhouse but interestingly mm-hmm. enough Carolina so any Carolina Panthers fans out there picked up Sam Darnold from the New York Jets and if mm. he is to ever be a decent quarterback he has to now show it in Carolina a lot of people a lot of so called QB experts have said that he's not the problem in New York rather the coaching is but uh, be interesting to see how he goes in Carolina. Obviously, they've got Christian McCaffrey, who is a one-man team as well. Um, and the other team in that is the Atlanta Falcons, who have decided not to go through the rebuild. They're going to ride it out one more time with Julio and Matt Ryan. So I I think, based on all that, the road out of the, the, the division probably gets easier for Tampa Bay in that they'll likely have a home playoff run. So they probably will. Um it's so hard to predict though you don't know who's going to come out of the NFC um, it's it's going to be interesting can Kansas come back if they can fix that offensive line probably mm. shall we move on we shall um, but yeah if I had to pick Indianapolis Colts are my way too early dark horse pick for the Super Bowl okay um, the GAA Yes. what do you see happen with Thatcher this summer because I'm going to make a, a shout you know I like my shouts and generally they're probably wrong but I'm going to make a shout <laughs> okay. here the 20, 20 I was going to say 2020 the 2021 All-Ireland champ- Champions will not be Dublin 
How on a scale of one to ten, ten being yes, they will be champions. One being no, they won't. Where you stand on that? So ten is the Dublin are, are ten is Dublin will be champions. Yes, and one is they will not be champions. A nine point five to a ten. There's something in the air, Sass. Okay. And I don't know what it is, but I feel like this is it. No, it's not. Slippery start. <laughs> well, you just reckon because Desi Farrell's not going to be there for the league campaign that uh... no I just I just feel this is the year I'm, I hope I have my fingers my toes and uh, who, everything else who, crossed who's going to usurp them well look if Monaghan have been training and all these teams have been training look I absolutely do not think training is anything to play when we get to August I don't think training now is, is going to shape it anyway but but the camaraderie, the passion, will, and I think then I just I have a feeling we might have an Northern champion. An Northern, did you say? Yeah. They said, yeah. They said an Ireland champion. It was like, well, we all gonna, no, no, we no, all gonna Northern gang champion. up with them. Um, so you reckon they'll get an advantage of being able to train tomorrow? Um, a week early, not necessarily. I, I, I think, but the the ability for those to openly be together from tomorrow you know a while now as in not necessarily training but camaraderie and kind of team building and that sort of stuff I think might play a small well, well the, the reality of it is is it's going to be an old school championship there's going to be no backdoor in football anyway straight knockout straight, straight knockout. knockout so Dublin aren't going to get knocked out of their provincial championship no there's no one and, and that kills me to say it as a mead man there's no way in hell if we w- if we did, it would be the greatest sporting upset of all time if Dublin don't win the provincial championship this year. I'm trying to even think who'd give them the biggest game. It'd probably be yourselves, and it wouldn't be in the, in the fifth w- province. Wouldn't wouldn't be a big game. Um, Munster, like as happened, Gary can just get bet by Cork. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Mayo should beat Galway, but who knows? Um, yeah, the team that comes out of Ulster wins a trophy in itself, and just making it out of Ulster because it is rough. It is a, it's a tough province to come out. Of. Mm. But I think Dublin are guaranteed an All Ireland semi final. They'll likely play the Munster finalist. They because because they'll try and keep. Dublin away from the Ulster finalists anyway because it'll likely be a better game in the yeah. Ireland final so that means that Mayo will play Sligo Galway Tyrone yeah I just I don't know what it is I just feel there's something in the air and no this could be the year no, no it's not going to happen never going to happen until side stack and, and do you know what Dublin standards. I'd love I'd love, I would love it. I would love it. No more you than full blown Kevin Keegan on me. Yeah, that no more than the first game back. Fans are allowed in the Croke Park. Dublin lose. That would be the cherry on you have top. A very strange opinion from a man born and bred in Dublin. Yeah, I just me and Dublin GA do not go hand in hand. I would love nothing more than them to lose the them. first game back with fans. We beat back. them on Sunday. Um. Yeah, no, I, I don't see Dublin stopping anyone. Um, 
probably getting to that stage with Harlan, but it's still that little bit more even. Um, I don't think you can catch a Limerick. They're becoming a bit of a machine. Now it's still, they're still more likely to be bet than Dublin. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. But they've the back door this year as well. And, 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 the the and if they were to be beat. Yeah. If, if, in, they, in the, in the if they were a straight Leinster-Munster Championship winner play in an all-in final, then I could see them getting bet because... Jeez, Munster's a brilliant Munster Ireland Championship is as good as any championship yeah yeah on the island like so yeah um, yeah I think it you'd like to see Davey give Wexford an old rocket up the do you know what I don't think I don't um, think they have the squad depth probably not but the squad have been rested for a long time so you, you don't <laughs> look yeah, a very long time um, like, like yeah. the rest of us and I haven't rested well uh, put it that way Um yeah. Yeah. Uh, and else to touch base on or I think that's it, Sass. Say Finn. Yeah. I think that's it. Well look. Thanks very much for tuning in guys. Hope you're all well and enjoy the few extra kilometers you'll have now for the next few weeks. Yeah. And we'll speak soon. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.